Blog Talk Radio. He's a man who's going to tell you like it is. You can never be afraid of something that you don't know about. Now that's ignorance, and for us, ignorance is not bliss. He's a man who's not afraid to talk about the real issues and not skate around it. Don't you think it's about time that you got tired of where you are? I mean, you have got to be ready for God to do something for you and let him move. He's a man who loves his God, his country, and his people. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not too fond of the political state of the world, and particularly the U.S. as it is right now. But if you want change, you have to make it happen. You can't keep settling for less than what you ought to have. He's a man who's sowing seeds of life, love, and liberation to anybody who's willing to hear. There comes a point in time where everybody just needs to shut their mouth up and listen to God. And God is the one who will lead us, and God is in all truth. He'll tell us everything we need. That covers every area, every facet, from politics to church to you name it. God's got it covered. He's a man that seeks the heart of God for the people of God. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to Zero of the Day. I am your humble host, Dr. Lorenzo Neal, hailing from Cajun Land, USA, here to present you with seeds of wisdom, insight, empowerment, and liberation. We are promoting a gospel that is <laughs> transforming and liberating, and we are empowering you, our listeners, to knowing and impacting the world around us and around you. And as always, you're welcome to join us on this illuminating journey. There's several ways you can do that. We are doing um, live on Facebook and live on Blog Talk Radio. So if you want to get your thoughts in on the air, uh, the uh, Facebook Live, you can just send a comment. I might see it. I may not see it. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Um, if you would like to get your thoughts on live on the air uh, via Blog Talk, you can call the number 347-237-5230. That's the number to call to join the dialogue, the conversation. Also, <clears throat> you can uh, follow us on our page, our Facebook page, the Pastor Lorenzo Neal Zero Network. Um, also, my my personal page, uh, maybe. I think I'm doing it both on both. I'm not sure, but it's fine. <laughs> uh, uh, hit us up on Twitter. Our handle for the radio show is at Zero Radio on Twitter. So go over there, like the page, follow us. Uh, at Zero Radio and at Lorenzo T. Neal on Twitter. That's my personal handle. So you can send us an email at um, pastorlorenzoneal at gmail.com. We're available on there. Um, and uh, if you're listening, this will be uploaded to YouTube. So if you if you catch it on YouTube, we want you to like and subscribe. And you, you'll see it all down there. You know, in the, Jiggly Boo, you can like and subscribe and hit that bell for notifications when we upload videos because we're gonna be doing random. We'll be doing this more frequently. Anyway, uh, again, good morning, everyone. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Want to talk this morning? We uh, there's a lot going on. I tell you, there's so much going on, and within the breadth of our country, um, where our hearts are still going out with those hundreds of thousands of persons who are furloughed or working without pay. Uh, who are uh, part of the partial government shutdown. So we are praying on their behalf. And I, I just want to say I want to commend 
those churches, those organizations, those persons who have reached out to the, to those people who have been directly impacted by this partial government shutdown. Um, some are getting back paid. And, you know, they will they will be getting back paid, but there are some contract workers who will not get back paid. Uh, at least, as I understand it, it may have changed. Um, some will not get back paid, and they will be suffering. Yes, um, some did get a paycheck. Uh, the last week going into the new year, some did not. Um, some have not gotten a paycheck. Some will not get another paycheck this coming Friday. It's 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 hard, and I I understand the sentiment of a lot of people who who uh, are saying that those persons who are federal employees who are uh, you know making the the headlines or whatever. Hey, Philandria, good. How's it going, man? Good to see you. Thank you. Um, uh, those who are um, I lost my train of thought. Uh, some people are saying that these people should have been better prepared, and I'm like, you know, you shouldn't you shouldn't shift the responsibility totally on them. You know, if they are if they are dependent on the federal government for their livelihood, and the federal government does not hold up its part of the bargain, and you can't you can't shift blame to them. And, and even as a fiscal conservative, you know. As I identify as a fiscal conservative, I I do believe you know we hold responsibility to we hold responsibility for our, for our actions, personal actions, financially. But we also we send our congressional representatives, both in the House and in the Senate, we send them to represent us, and we especially those who ran on the conservative value of fiscal. Um, First, fiscal conservatism and small government, um, they're doing a great disservice, in my opinion. Uh, hey, Chris, most of America is one or two paychecks away from major budget trouble. Uh, hey, <laughs> you're absolutely right, and that's what most people are missing it. You know, you can, you can save almost hours. I've gotten into the habit, you know, you have a savings that you can live at least six months off. Uh, hey, Shay, uh, uh, you want to have at least, you know, you can live for at least six months. But I, I've come to learn that that goes pretty quick. <laughs> you know, you may you may anticipate trying to live for six months off of that, but that that goes pretty quick. And six months ends up coming three months, especially if you have a family. You know, um, so uh, my prayers go out with them. Eric, man, I'm glad they see you on here, bruh, bruh. We gotta connect, man. Because uh, I, I was missing you when I was home last week. Uh, I wanted to get by to see you, but we got to connect. I, I, I'll make a special trip for you, just for you. Uh, but anyway, and we've got to be, get beyond this idea that they are responsible for their own demise, uh, economic demise. That's that's unrealistic, and any person who thinks such is is hurting themselves. They're doing more damage to themselves than anyone else. Uh, Chris, I agree with you. You work with the government. Uh, you are a DRD contractor. Uh, hey, more power to you. I have a lot of friends who are contractors, who you know they 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 are subcontractors with the government, and they are they're impacted, um, in in various ways. Some are furloughed, some are, are getting a smaller paycheck, and some are not getting a paycheck at all. Uh, I, I hate that the media is hyping it, as, you know, the way it is, but it, it is what it is, and we should do all we can. To support uh, those persons, and um, I don't have uh, a resource center handy. I, I used to have a list 
of resources. But if you know somebody who's been directly impacted by that, do all you can to direct them to agencies that can assist them, churches. I'm glad there was one church, I believe, uh, I can't remember where it was, but I posted, I shared the post. They raised over $30,000 for uh, those uh, persons directly impacted, and I believe each person was was guaranteed a payout of over three thousand uh, dollars. The local community is is a real challenge here in D.C. for people. Local community is doing a lot. Support families here. That, hey man, that that's a wonderful thing. And like I said it's a wonderful thing. This is thirty three days into this, and even if they do uh, come to agreement. It's still only going to last because the the funding is temporary. They have not this the government has not been fully funded in in many many years, many many years not been fully funded. And you know our 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 our, our people have our representatives have to have got to do better because even if they do come to an agreement, it's only going to last for another week or two before they have to come back to the same point and. Uh, President Trump is standing firm on his demand. I don't really want to call it a demand, but he believes, and along with those who support him, believe that this uh, funding for this wall is a greater necessity uh, in the long term. And I, I, I can see it from the long term perspective how they how they're putting how they're uh, framing it. I understand it, uh, but in the short term, is is the impact. The short term, a greater than the benefit in the long term, and we we have no we have no um, we have nothing to to prove that we we have insufficient data. We don't know that to be true, if it's long term or not. But what we do know right now is that the the short term is directly impacting individuals, and we should be greater about the we should be more concerned about the humans. That is impacting than the policy that is, is or, or the policies rather that uh, we want to put in place. That's that's just my opinion. But um, I want to commend all those churches that are doing that. I pray we can do so. Uh, many others can do it. My church is partnering. We we're partnering along with our connectional church. Uh, we are not doing anything as an individual body. We don't really have the resources like we wish desire to do and you know I wish we did have more but we'll get there we'll get there but anyway so I want to commend uh want to commend those persons uh those organizations for doing doing so and I want to commend those people who are working without pay I I can't imagine it uh yes I can I've actually done it uh, uh so I I know what it's like to work without pay um but I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend it at all uh I wouldn't recommend it at all. I, I'm just, I don't know. That's just me. Uh, I was doing it because I'm just dedicated like that. But there, there are plenty who are working without pay. Uh, and, I, you know, some would say that's slavery. <laughs> but they're doing it with the expected hope of getting that time and getting that stuff back. And that's what they're expecting, and I hope that that comes to fruition. I really do. But anyway, that's I, I, I just want to uh, touch on that. I am also very disheartened this this at the loss of my Saints last week. 
last weekend. I was, I mean, I was heartbroken. I, man, <laughs> I was, I was in between. I mean, I was doing a lot of things, and I only caught part of the game. Uh, um, and man, I was what the parts that I did catch. I was like, come on, man, y'all got refs got to do better than that. I got four eyes. <laughs> <laughs> could see some of the stuff that they were missing. And, you know, there are a lot, there's a petition on change.org. There's a petition for a do-over. <laughs> so if you want to go sign that petition to get the Saints to play again and to go to the Super Bowl, you can. I, you know, I'm, I'm content with that. I'm content with that. Let it be what it be. And let the Rams have their, have their day. Um, Patriots fans, congratulations again. Mm. <laughs> I'm just being messy. I am just being messy. But anyway, uh, that is not why I got on here. Uh, this is not the the show. Uh, the title of the show is Acknowledging and Overcoming the Dark Side of Leadership. That's that's what we're talking about. The others just happened to be <laughs> just happened to be something I was wanting to address. <sighs> But I'll still who that nation all day, all year. Yeah, it is what it is. Uh, anyway, so let's get right into the, the topic of the day. And again, if you want to share, Roz, uh, I want you to call in, Rosalie. Uh, I want you to call in because I want you to join the dialogue if you don't mind, if you're able to. Um, and if you again, welcome everybody. Thank you for tuning in. This is the Zero Today uh, broadcast with Dr. Lorenzo Neal. We're broadcasting live on Facebook as well as we're doing the live show on on Blog Talk Radio. So uh, you see me going all kind of crazy. Uh, that's what's going on. <laughs> anyway, so we thank you for tuning in. If you want to leave dialogue, if you want to leave comments, you can do so on the chat side uh, in the on the Facebook Live. Um, if you want to, you can call three four seven two three seven five two three zero, and that will be uh, on the Block Talk Radio, and you will get you will get online on live. Uh, yeah, and I want to make sure that I can see when people call in. Uh, so that's what you know. You see me shifting screens. That's what I'm doing. Uh, who that all the way? Yes. Yes, indeed, who that? Man, you can't, well, I lied. My brother's from Louisiana, and he's a Cowboys fan. I don't know how that happened. I really don't. I love my big brother, Kevin. I love him. I love him with all my heart. I just don't understand how he messed up so bad being a Cowboys fan. <laughs> he betrayed his home state. No, nah, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's all good. My grandmother... The Lord rest her soul. Um, when I would, whenever the Saints would play, and I'd be at home, and you know, the Sundays I could get home, we just sit and chill and watch the Saints game. And she'll be like, "Pee wee, they ain't playing good." And I'm like, "Yeah, you're right." That's when they were ain't. But after they became the Saints, you know, it was a whole different ball game. So uh, anyway. So let, let me get off topic. Don't get me riled up, Melissa. So anyway, um, in light of a lot of uh, ethical and moral failings of preachers that's been making the headlines, particularly that uh, of John Gray, um, there's another South Carolina pastor who 
just recently made the news because he strangled uh, his alleged mistress who was pregnant. Um, there's uh, a pastor uh, down in Florida, who I mean, who Ohio, who was recently convicted of and sentenced to prison for for inappropriate behavior with children. Uh, molesting children, and there was the story that just recently broke of uh, of a church uh, pastor, a bishop, and um, uh, church officials in I, I want to say it's in the New York area. I want to say Brooklyn, but I could be mistaken. Uh, Progressive Baptist Church, I believe that's the name of the church, where uh, the pastor was uh, having inappropriate relations with his own daughter, and it was she she just happened to tell her sister in law what was going on and the sister in law did a, a live, you know, um just an angst uh, of what had happened. And um of course that further developed where the members were bold enough to direct um to direct their anger, even though they had been silent, they felt Liberated to address it, and they did, and they were protesting their own church. So, um, in light of all those things that have been happening, and to the many unnamed clergy who have moral failings, including myself, and I am, I am one who have who have had and probably will, as time goes, have moral failings. Uh, it, it's almost inevitable as a human, and that's something we just have to address. But the problem is. That the church is not addressing it we're, We've been taught to be silent about it And because of that silence there's, been, there's, there's a dark side of leadership that has developed A lot of what I'm going to be coming, uh, talking about Comes from this book um, Overcoming the Dark Side of Leadership By um, Macintosh and uh, Rima uh, This is a wonderful book Now I've had this book in my library well over a decade, and I've gone through it thoroughly, and it's a wonderful tool, and it's a wonderful tool if you are a pastor, if you are a minister, even if you're not a minister, and you just want to, you know, you're some, some type of leadership role, and you want to better understand yourself as it relates to your leadership role, and I, I strongly encourage you to get this book and read through it. Um. So they they go through in this book they go through um they they start off with their own personal uh analysis self analysis of their their dark side and how they learn to uh, acknowledge it and address it and not overcompensate for it uh and i, I and I want to say that there are a lot of preachers who overcompensate for their 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 frailty their human frailty so so they put on the extra front of of holiness and they put on the extra front of righteousness and and in legality and legalism they they hold up this high burdensome banner because they're overcompensating for what they know to be uh, lacking in themselves and so there is some self awareness. The problem is that self-awareness is not – it doesn't transfer into a positive action. You know, it, it becomes negative. And so we'll talk about all of that as we go further on in the broadcast. 
Um, but there are five leadership styles or five dark sides of leadership that the book mentions, and I want to go through that real with them through them quickly. Uh, the first one is compulsive leader. The second is the narcissistic leader. The third one is the paranoid leader. Fourth one is the codependent leader, and the fifth one is the passive aggressive leader. Now, I've been across. I I found myself within the entirety of the spectrum of this leadership, uh, these leadership, and um, at the end of when it when it gets to those talking about these these types of leaders, it presents a little quiz, uh, self-evaluation that you could take and find where you are within the spectrum of that particular uh, leadership, negative leadership. So um, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to talk a little bit about the two primary ones that we find in the church. There are two primary that we find. Well, I, I, I won't say two. I'll say three. So I think there are three uh, that we find in the church, and one I, I, I will actually couple together. I believe we definitely have the narcissistic and paranoid leader in the church. I believe we also have uh, the codependent leader in the church. And lastly, I believe we have quite a few uh, passive-aggressive leaders in the church. Now, uh, I, I coupled the narcissistic and paranoid because in a lot of times, that's what you see, those two, those two traits uh, run parallel to each other. So if a person has a narcissistic tendency as defined by the um, uh, DSM, uh, if the, uh, it's as defined by that, then there, there's a certain paranoia that comes along with that. So uh, anyway, so I want you I want you to join me. I don't want to run out of steam, but again, um, you can you can tune in. So let's let's talk about the paranoid leader. Let's talk about the paranoid and the narcissistic leader. We understand the narcissistic leader to be a person who is full of themselves, him or herself. Uh, they see themselves as the epitome of of the best of the best, the brightest of the brightest, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but the thing about it is, is that when you become narcissistic, uh, what happens is image becomes everything. It's about how you come across to other folks. How do people view me? How, how do I want to be viewed by people? How do I want... Uh, People who interact with me to think of me, and believe it or not, there's nothing. There's, there's a little bit of narcissism in every last one of us, and and because of social media now, we that has been greatly heightened um, because uh, some people are just a like away from total destruction, <laughs> self destruction. If they don't get the likes uh, that they want, or uh, they don't get the followers that they they want or something like that, you know, they, they can go off their handle. Um, and in this world, perception, you're right, Rosalind, perception overrides reality. In this age, that is the case. Perception overrides reality. We can create, literally, we can create our own virtual reality. 
on social media. So, um, uh, I think I, I think about there's this pastor Thaddeus Matthews. I've known him for a while. Uh, I've been following him uh, before he started this church, and he's known across the spectrum of social media as the cussing pastor. He's known as the cussing pastor because he curses. He doesn't have a problem letting you hear him cuss in, in all forms of profanity. Um, but that's his niche now. That's that's that is his niche now. He is, you know, he's gained a, a larger following because folks see him as real. And I am not in any way, uh, I'm not hating on him or anything like that. I'm just um, kind of using this analogy as to the way we now create uh, ourselves. And, and using social media, you know, via, via our, our Facebook and all of that stuff, we can create ourself, and that self can be different from our actual self. Um, and my study, you know, my 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 area of expertise is the differentiated self. That's that's what I did all my doctoral research on. Um, in that sense, I help people explore who they are interpersonally, you know, and how they relate to each other. And the the more, the, the better self-differentiated a person is, the less likely they will need anyone else to validate them. They would need anyone else to affirm them. They will be all right with critical uh, criticism outside from others, all of that. You know, I'm, I'm you know, I'm just kind of condensing how, how self-differentiation works. Um, and so what, what we find is that in the church, uh, in the physical church, there's no opportunity for a, a, a self-creation. You can create your preacher identity, you, can, you know, uh, so when you have, whenever you get up to preach, this is what you're going to say. You know, you, you, you're a hooper, you're a teacher, uh, you're, you know, you're a spiritual person who operates in spiritual gifts, prophecy, uh, uh laying my hands and all of that stuff. So, you know, you create this persona from behind the pulpit that's temporary because once you once you disengage from that persona, then, you know, you have to go back to your life. Uh, but social media, virtual, this virtual creates opportunities for you to carry on that persona uh, as long as you want to. And some are none the wiser that you're not real. You know, this is not the actual you. You're not self-actualized. You're virtual actualized. And in that context, you you you're searching for something to validate that particular identity, that particular uh, self. And when you do that, you know, when when you start to do that, and now I'm getting off on a tangent. I'm trying not to get too far off on a tangent. But when you start to do that, you uh, the narcissistic side tends to perk up, and you can begin to think that you're something greater than what you are. Paul writes quite a bit in many of his letters, particularly in uh, Corinthians and Romans. He, he addresses the idea of people thinking themselves to be more than what they are. Uh, and he, 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 does, he has a wonderful sense of self, particularly when he, in his letter to the Philippians when he, uh, uh, he addresses this idea of who he was when he says that I was a Hebrew, Hebrew of Hebrews, the tribe of Benjamin, the Pharisee of Pharisees, and I was such a great person uh, and within my collective group. And now 
that I am greater aware, I'm more aware of who I am in Christ. That identity that I had, that self that I once identified with, I count it as lost. I count it as dumb. It does, it's irrelevant to my new identity in Christ because the identity that I have in Christ is that he is the head. He is above me. So I am crucified with Christ, yet I live. That's what he writes in Galatians. Not I, but Christ lives in me. And he follows that up also when he's writing in 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 Philippians when he says therefore you know I uh, uh, when he talks about being uh, Christ crucified being dead and and we want to be a participant in the fellowship of his sufferings so Paul finds a new identity a new self awareness in his ministry of uh, promoting Christ and I think we should do that too unfortunately in the Western now. You know, Paul had a, a Roman identity. Paul had an Eastern cultural identity. Here in the West, we don't have that. We we have scattered identity. We can pick up whatever we want, and we can run with it, and, and it's a scary thing. It's a dangerous thing. Um, I think about the movie Apostle. I'm, I'm getting off. I've I, I gotten way off narcissism here. <laughs> uh, narcissistic paranoia. Uh, when you think about the narcissistic paranoia, pretty much one uh, in the Christian context, one person comes to mind, and that's the person of Jim Jones, uh, the one who took uh, his church and took them to uh, South America. And once he realized that. The, the world had caught up on to him and his paranoia had gotten the best of best of him to the point that he uh through his words of manipulation forced or coerced or strongly encouraged nearly a thousand people to drink poisonous Kool-Aid. Thus we get the term don't drink the Kool-Aid. And that that's a reflection of a narcissistic leader. Now, that was a that's a very obvious one. But the less obvious ones, uh, for example, if you have a, a you know, uh, like many of our churches where uh, the congregation is small, small is familial, uh, family groups, and we, if you are called to a church, or in our case, in Methodism, appointed to a church, um, you, you, you get the sense of authority. And if you have a small group, you find uh, that that person that is not well self-differentiated, highly self-differentiated, has a tendency to become narcissistic in their identity as far as interrelational, interpersonal relations with those who they serve. They get the idea that, okay, this is my church. This is my church. Uh, King Kong ain't got nothing on me. <laughs> I know I, I massacred that, don't. <laughs> I know I simply massacred that. But, um, the reality, the reality is that's how a lot of people, uh, a lot of churches, a lot of pastors, a lot of clergy, when they get that sense of authority, that's that's how they approach it. And it is very, very dangerous. Well, and I, I, I've i been asked this question several, every time someone asks me, do you have your own church? And I understand the context in which they're saying, they're asking, do I pastor a church? Am I the senior pastor of a church? But the way they frame the question is like, you got your own church? It's like, And I had one person in particular specifically asked, do you own the church? I was like, no. 
I don't own the church. And no, I don't have my own church. I'm blessed to serve as a pastor. I know what you mean. I understand. And I answer appropriately. Yes, I pastor a church. Yes, I am a senior pastor of a church. No, I'm not an associate of, a, you know, to an, uh, a senior pastor. Uh, and But they ask the question, you have your own church? <laughs> and some people will say, yeah, I got my own church. And it's, it's even heightened in the age of the independent church because now – you have persons who start their own church independently of a denominational covering. So they they have no one to answer to aside from their local uh, elder board, if they have one. Or, you know, their local elder board are the only ones they answer to. And they may have a, a larger covering, you know, somebody, they might say, well, Jake's is my spiritual covering or uh, Ivy Hilliard is my spiritual covering or uh, I'm affiliated with the full gospel Baptist uh, church or, or, you know, something like that. They, they have a greater, uh, they have something that they can say that they're connected to, but the reality, they are so independent that there is no one to hold them accountable for their own actions within the community of faith that they serve. So they can do whatever they, they want to do. And get away with it. Uh, and we we found that happen with Eddie Long, uh, Lord rest his soul, where, you know, once it got to the point where he was able to put persons on his board who they, I won't say yes, man, yes, yes, man. But once he uh, disconnected from the, um, the, the Baptist Association and, and they were an entity within their own new birth, you found he later found that he had access to things that he shouldn't have had uh, with with young men, and that led, unfortunately, to a great downfall and uh, in his ministry. And and you know, it's shameful to the body of Christ that things like that happen. That's the kind of narcissism that goes unseen. It's not always a narcissism or a paranoia that is as pure and as uh, blatant as the one we. Stated earlier, a lot of times it's just the idea that this is mine, and because this is mine, I can do what I want. Um, and if it is unchecked, if it is unchecked, it can cause great, 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 great disaster. And um, we're seeing that unfold now with the story of Progressive Baptist Church. That's what we're seeing unfold. Those members there were aware of the culture that was happening. They were aware of the culture in the church because they're stating, oh, this has been going on for a long time uh, from the pastor, the bishop, or whoever. This has been going on for a long time, and nobody was able to address it, either for fear of reprimand or for fear of retaliation, whatever it may be. It's that fear. Um, And Roz, you can come on and you can call in. We can because you talked about divorces. Uh, your broadcast the other day, and I, I really love to uh, uh, continue that dialogue uh, that you shared, if you don't mind. Uh, again, if you want to get your thoughts in uh, on the radio, you can call three four seven two three seven five two three zero. Let me make sure. Um, there, yeah, there, there we go. So, uh, yeah, I, I I don't know how to invite people to join in on the live. I can invite you to join in on uh, oh as far as to share the screen. 
let me put it that way. But um, that's about all I know how I know how to do. <laughs> uh, let, let me, so anyway, the thing about it is, when we look at that particular facet of narcissism, that's, that's more prevalent in churches, and because it's so prevalent, members lose their voice and they gain this powerlessness. Uh, and even though they have power through Jesus Christ and do all these things that he speaks of in Mark chapter uh, 16, you know, they become powerless to speak up against the oppression that they see in their own environment, their own faith community environment. And because of that powerlessness, it continues, continues on. Uh, so that's the narcissistic paranoid. Let, let me let me read you one of the quiz questions it asks. Uh, when when it talks about narcissistic paranoid uh, narcissistic uh, leader it says am I obsessed with knowing how others feel about my sermons lessons and performances uh, it, I and this is another one do I find it difficult to receive criticism of any kind reacting with anger anxiety or even depression when it does come. Uh, another one is, um, in spite of achieving what others would consider significant success, I still find myself dissatisfied and driven to achieve greater things in an effort to feel good about myself. Now, uh, as I took this, uh, let me check that, Roz. It should be allowing you uh okay i i got you on here uh hello all right raz i got you on um okay let me finish this up real quick uh so i found myself when i took this um when i took this end of the chapter quiz i i i found myself uh in the low end of a narcissism and but the time I took this was back in 2001, <laughs> and I had a lot going on. Still been assuming I was in seminary. I was um, I had a lot going on, so I was still a bit ambitious. So, uh, Rod, can you hear me? Yeah. Yes, I can hear you. Okay. Now, so let's let's pick up on your discussion yesterday uh, about the vulnerable, uh, the voiceless, and all of that. Go share what you talked about. And then, and then I'll shift back to what I was talking about. So we're going to try to see if this works. This, this, this should okay. be fun. Um, the gist of the conversation yesterday was in light of all of the atrocities that are happening in the house of God, um, the comment that David made when he observed the army of Israel being basically intimidated by the presence of a Goliath, an entire army, immobilized um, because there was the fear of one particular enemy. And David looked at the situation, not being a man of war, but being a man of faith and confidence in God, whose conquest of the lion and bear gave him the confidence that God would enable him to defeat this enemy also. Um, just discussing the need for that kind of tenacity when confronting situations that nobody else wants to deal with, specifically sexual misconduct, abuse, 
abuses of power on every level. So that really was the gist of, of last night's conversation. And, and you're absolutely right because, uh, you know, if we, we see David in this uh, in this particular stage of his life, he's an adolescent or, or a young teen at best, and he's taking on this great this great challenge, and he he he's stimulating himself by saying, "I know I can do this. I know I can address this grave this grave thing when everyone else is afraid to address it because I've already overcome all this other stuff that should take right. Place. Exactly. And, I, you know, and I think the church, we do ourselves a, a great disjustice. Um, we do ourselves a great disjustice when we do not believe we have the capacity to address dark leadership. You know, I think, um, well, here, here's the thing. I think David's advantage was that he had a fresh vantage point. Everyone else had been in the place of war for years, trying to overcome an enemy that they felt daunted by. David walks onto the scene and says, this is simple. (laughs) All we have to do is have faith in our God. Do what God tells us to do. We can overcome this. And sometimes it takes someone who has not been saturated by the culture or inebriated I think as I talked about at the beginning of the broadcast and made mention of the book, um, in the Invisible, or not The Invisible Man, Invisible Man by Ralph Ellison. And in the mm-hmm. second chapter, it talks about a father who becomes intoxicated, has sex with his daughter, and impregnates her. And that same kind of intoxication, whether it's being drunk with power or drunk with lust, can lead to the kinds of breaches that we experience. But someone with a fresh outlook has to examine the situation without fear or even bringing fear along with them. But as long as they're enabled to take action against what no one else will. That's right. Uh, For those of you who are still watching and tuning in, thank you again. I appreciate you for tuning in. Like and follow, uh, like the page, like us on Facebook, like us on um, Zero Network, go to blogtalk.com. blocktalkradio.com and follow the, uh, the the show. Follow us on Twitter at Zero Radio. I'm on right now with Rosalind Collender, who is, uh, she has her own show, Rosalind Speaks on Facebook Live. And um, she did a wonderful show last night addressing something similar that inspired me to talk about the subject I'm talking about today, the dark side of leadership. First, and, and I said, we got to acknowledge that there is a dark side of leadership. Every person has it, whether we want to or not. And we have moral feelings. We have ethical feelings that that some sometimes we're just not going to be able to escape. You know, there's some there's some things that we're just, as, as humans, we're flawed. So there's some things that we just, you know, it's just going to happen. But we have the power to engage ourselves and to understand ourselves that we have uh, you know, we have a dark side, Luke. Come to the dark side. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I, I believe, I believe, and this is just me, um, that we should be able to acknowledge that that is there, and in turn use that acknowledgement as empowerment to overcome it, so that we won't be caught up in. I don't want to be. I don't want my name to be caught up in a national scandal. Um, right. And I've right. done more than enough things. That could that should be 
scandalous. I, as a, I'm, look, I'm serious. I'm a single pastor. I wish I could say that I've been sexually pure since I've, I've been divorced 15 years. And some people will say I'm on, I'm disqualified from pastoring because I'm divorced. <laughs> mm. wow. uh, and, and, you know, there, there's the, there, of course, there's the sexual impurity. There, there is the the gamut that runs with being a pastor when it comes to uh, administration uh, and some maladministration, small stuff, you know, and now I've never robbed from the church or anything like that. Uh, small ethical violations, deciding to do one thing that may not have been the best ethical decision, you know, um, and even as a counselor and a therapist, I, I, I found, you know, how how hard it is to, to how easy it is, rather, to commit an ethical violation, not a major one, but a small ethical violation. <laughs> it, it really is. And in the church, we we just do not promote uh, largely, and I'm talking about the universal church, the church universal. Mm-hmm. We do not promote it. Uh, we see that in the Roman Catholic Church, Roman Catholic Church, and even uh, decades later, it's still unfolding. That that scandal is still unfolding. Those people were hurt and impacted by uh, those priests who did very very harmful things to those children. Is still being impacted by that. And as more stories come out, um, and I mentioned John Gray earlier, and the only reason I mentioned him is because, again, he's in the spotlight. Uh, right. I, I, I don't know about all of it. I'm just, I, I just know stuff from YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all I, I mean, that's where you get the information from, you know. Uh, the speculation that he addressed it before, he has not addressed it. You know, I don't know. I don't care. But the the thing about it is, is the fact that he probably was not fully aware of what was happening to him as it was happening. Right. And that's the case with all of us, uh, even with the codependent leader. Uh, I, I was a codependent leader. I, I was that need-to-be-needed pastor. I had to... You know, I was serving the body of Christ not because the Lord called me alone, because I had this embedded in my mind that somebody needed me and I was the only one who could help them. Now, you think about that. If a person, if a pastor or a minister has that type of mentality and they're thinking, well, I'm the only one who could help you, you need me, that leaves, that sets it up for some type of moral violation. To occur, some type of inappropriate. Not that it would always happen, but it just sets it up. And I know personally, I I I I found myself where that has happened unknowingly, where I did that, and it did more harm to the party that I was trying to help than than it was intended to help. You know. So, uh, shoot, I am running out of time. Well, let me uh, me as a therapist. Moving from the acknowledging phase to the overcoming phase, what are the things, what are strategies, what are the things that we could do? And I don't know if you're still on, Roz. You can share if you are still on. I don't, I don't mind at all. Uh, but one thing that I have learned is that through my self-awareness, you know, taking time to know myself. Preacher, know yourself. Know yourself. Create healthy boundaries. One, that's Create healthy boundaries. Know your limitations. Know your, I mean, you know what you like and don't like. And if you know what you like and you're around where you like, you better stay prayed up. <laughs> and discipline, 
practice self-discipline. That's easier said than done. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I am learning in, in this paradox of personal dysfunction. I am learning that the best way to address the, the my dark side of leadership, uh, my dark side, period, you know, is to, one, not just be aware of it, but engage it daily. In other words, don't just sweep it under the rug, you know, and I think this is what a lot of preachers and this is what a lot of members uh, do. Uh, I try to be transparent when I can, you know, from the pulpit without having to tell all my business. And, and, and that's, that's fine. You know, you should be able to do that without having people feel like, uh, feel like they can take your business and run with it. But, you know, unfortunately in, in church, folk like gospel too. They like gossip, not gospel. <laughs> they like gossip. And uh, we could use, some people use that against you. And Paul wrote about this in First and Second Corinthians, particularly in Second Corinthians. He writes about how so many people were antagonizing him because of who he was. And what he did, and how he came into ministry, and how he went about ministry, his his theological approach. You know, there were a lot of folk who just hated him because of that, and they antagonized him, and it made you know he addressed it. And he had to say, "Am I not an apostle? Am I not like any of him? Can I not marry and have a wife like Peter and all the rest of them? Can you know? Where's this validation that I should feel I should be getting? Uh, you know, this this validation that's." Not coming from you, it's actually coming from Christ. When it came from Christ, you know, he had a different refrain about it and and his perspective. And when you read it in Second Corinthians chapter twelve, you you get a better understanding. Now, uh, you have a better understanding what he was talking about in chapter ten, chapter eleven, and in chapter twelve he says, "But I know of a man who got up to this level and you know got a little beside himself, and and I." And later on in the verses in chapter 12, he starts says, but I besought the Lord. I had a throne in my flesh, and I went to the Lord three times about it. And each time when I felt that I should have been justified, or I should have been, you know, made right, there was none. There was no none. Instead, I got God's grace that was sufficient. That That is uh, my... my uh, <laughs> Isogenic <laughs> explanation of of that uh, that text, but um, again, getting back to the book that, I, and I strongly recommend you if you are in leadership. Again, uh, I'm drawing uh, information from the book "The Dark Overcoming the Dark Side of Leadership" uh, by Gary McIntosh and uh, Samuel Rima. I strongly encourage you to get this book um, and go through it if you are in any form of leadership. Um, because right now, I believe there's an uncovering that is happening in the church, and I believe the uncovering that's happening in the church is happening for the church, in particular the black church. Um, and I know a lot of persons who are outside the organized church, maybe they're unbelievers, maybe they're no longer attending the organized institutional church who are looking into this and saying, well, the problem is the preacher. And I can't, I can't argue that the problem is the preacher. Because if a preacher, if, if we are not highly self-differentiated, if we're not highly self-aware, if we are not highly self-actualized, then that our, our, our dark side, the things that we are uh, afraid of directly 
addressing within ourselves will spill over into our sermons. It will spill over into our ministry. And, you know, I, I'd be tired of going to church and I hear the preacher always talking bad about somebody. You know, they call they say they're calling out sin or they say they, uh, you know, speaking, speaking, uh, prophesying and all this stuff, calling out folk business. In reality, they just try to put people on blast to make themselves feel a little better about their own issues. That could be the point. That could be it. I'm not saying that is is the that is it the case, but what I am saying is that there is a problem in the church. There is no doubt about that. There is a problem in the church. The problem is within the ranks of leadership, largely because we are not willing as leaders, as pastors, as prophets, as evangelists, as teachers, or whatever. Uh, apostles, whatever you want to go by, I, you know, it's unless we're willing to have the hard dialogue within ourselves and do so, uh, it will continue. We'll continue to see issues like this, and it's not always it's it's not always the 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 ones about you know the sex scandals. It's not always domestic violence scandal. Sometimes, again, it, it could be simple as the idea that this is mine, and because it, this is mine, this is my church, this is my ministry, I built this, blah, 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 yada, 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 so forth and so on, uh, we missed the mark of the, what the Christ would have us do for the people. And, again, this is not just, I, I, I should have started out, this is not just a church issue. I mean, the same issues are happening Outside of the church, you know, there there are persons who are in atheist leadership have the same struggle. There are persons in Islamic leadership that have the same issue. There are persons in uh, Judaic leadership that have the same. Uh, there there are persons who are Hindu have the same issue. It's 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 across the board. I mean, religious and non-religious. Um, any person in leadership any person in leadership must address we all have, can be narcissists we all can be paranoid we all can be codependent we all can be uh, uh, passive aggressive we just want to pass it on to somebody else this, this ain't my problem let somebody else deal with it and, and when we do all of this uh, Dr. Godwin Wow. Hey, Doc. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, we all have these tendencies and we must address them. If we do not, if we if we if we are not highly self-differentiated, what we will find is that rolls over to every aspect of our life. And if we are in ministry, it can be very damaging. You know, I, I'm I'm tired of being the preacher that is not willing to be transparent and let people know that I'm human. Uh, yeah, government also, Eric. You're absolutely well, government right now. Lord have mercy. That's a whole different thing. But uh, we must, we must be willing to look within, and when we look within, we'll find the power. We'll find the power to be a better human. We'll be a better human, and if we are a better human, we are in turn can be a better servant and leader. 
and we'll see lives change and impact in that capacity. I got to get out of here. I want to thank everybody. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. Again, um, I want to invite you, um, if you're looking on this Facebook Live, appreciate that. If you're going to be watching this on YouTube, like and subscribe. You can do that. Follow me on all my social media. Um, and you can go to my website, Lorenzo T. Neal. Listen, I, I appreciate all of you tuning in. If you like to support what I do, um, you can go to patreon.com slash Lorenzo T. Neal and become a patron. And for as low as a dollar a month, you can um, see I don't do everything here on Facebook Live or on my website or whatever else I do, but you have access. I'm working on getting some merch uh, for Zero Today, and um, I want to uh, invite you to join me in this journey. You can support me and PayPal, all of that. However you choose to support me, I appreciate it so much. Dr. Godwin, I want to give you a shout-out. Dr. Godwin was my... Uh, professor at the University of Arkansas Pine Bluff, stimulated my mind, had me working with him in the theater department, even though I was in music. Dr. Godwin, now you're talking to Dr. Neal. <laughs> uh, I, I got a real one too, doctor. It's not a didn't do it. I got a real doctor. <laughs> so thank you, Dr. Godwin, for imparting it to me what you did in college. Uh, you're seeing the fruit of your labor, and I'm sure, you know, uh, you're doing the same with so many other minds that you help most. So I just want to uh, shout you out and all the other persons at the University of Arkansas Pine Bluff, Carroll High School. Uh, yeah, y'all, y'all help this this guy get to where I am. So I appreciate you, appreciate you. Thank you for everyone who's tuning in. Again, uh, continue to follow me on Facebook. Follow me uh, on all social media. Uh, the show Zero Today at Zero Today on Twitter at Lorenzo T. Neal on Twitter and wherever else I am, I am. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you so much. You have a wonderful day, and I'll talk with you later. God bless you. God keep you.